This is a recording of a conversation from one of our weekly group meditation sessions. We usually spend some time talking about an aspect of consciousness, of spirituality, of meditation, and then have a 20-minute meditation. In this session, a friend asks a question having to do with the phenomenon of, as she puts it, rinse and repeat, where we know we shouldn't do this thing, we stop doing this thing. After a month or two, we think, well, I got this. Why don't I just do a little more of that thing? How that can happen, what it means, and what can we do about it? I hope you enjoy it. In your take, um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, sobriety and uh, addiction and more specifically how that relates to following charm and just that idea that if following charm is, you know, going with the flow, seeing what happens, uh, then, which I mean, I'm not saying that's the definition of charm, but uh, <laughs> it just feels like to say, I'm never going to drink again, I'm never going to do drugs again, feels a bit restrictive and rigid within that. However, I'm well aware that is my addiction, trying to find a loophole as to why I should maybe try again. Um, but I, I just feel like I resisted that idea of never for so long. But what'll happen is I go a month or two months and I feel fabulous and I feel like everything in my life goes better and I'm happier. And it's just like I get to this point then where this voice kind of says, like, you got this now, like, you know, like have a little fun. Why not? Um, and all those other little voices and but it's just a rinse and repeat of it doesn't work for me and it doesn't serve me and to the point where I'm like I don't even understand why I would entertain it again but that's my pattern <laughs> and so just kind of I guess understanding a little bit more I thought you would have some wise words as usual it's uh such a vast subject and I'll try to speak to at least part of your question because it really is huge. And, and someone here asked, what is charm? Charm is a, is a term that we use to define a sense of inner guidance that we are able to access when we are meditating regularly and transcending the ego and our idea of ourselves as other than the ego, other than our thoughts, other than our feelings, where we are meditating regularly so we get in touch with something other than our thoughts, and when we are being fully present to the flow of life through us and through the evidence of our senses. There's a thing that happens when I am taking in the world through all of my five senses and not examining everything and thinking about it and deciding what it means, there's a thing that is formed inside of me that 
is the result of nature showing itself always what is the next most evolutionary action to take. Charm is the direction of evolution. Charm is what makes a column of ants go this way instead of this way, what makes a flock of birds go this way instead of that way. It's an indication of the next most right thing in the direction of what the whole desires for itself, which is wholeness, happiness, fulfillment, more, more life, more possibility, which brings me to when I am identified as something other than the silence behind the voices in my head, the silence other than the intellect, the, that place where charm can be felt, can be experienced. When I'm identified as this thinking creature and this feeling creature that's building stories all the time, then the idea of more means I want more, I need more. It's not about expanding into more life. It's about taking more in order to fill up this unfillable hole, in order to feel better, in order to, in order to be okay. It's not the experience of I am okay. It's that if I just get a little bit more, I'll be okay. And that is a pretty good definition of alcoholism or drug addiction or any kind of addiction. <laughs> just, just one more time. If I get it right this time, I know it's going to feel okay. Alcoholism, let's just call it that, call it that one, and then you can extrapolate to any other ism that you want to. Alcoholism is a, an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. So alcoholism re resides in my physical response to a substance and then in the way my mind makes sense of things. If I'm not drinking, I am not triggering the physical allergy. So I'm not at the mercy of the body's demand that there, it gets more. But I am at the mercy of the thinking. And the thinking is where alcoholism resides when I'm not drinking. And at some point, it's going to tell me it's a good idea to have a drink. It's the nature of the beast. Most of the time, it may not. But all of the time, it's telling me stories about my life that will eventually lead me in the direction of, and I just, I just need something. I just give me a break. Just give me a, one little break. I'll just take a little break, then I'll come back. I'll, come on, man. I haven't had a drink in a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, uh, 20 days. Well, I just, uh, just a sip. Come on. What the hell's the matter with you? And then as soon as you have a sip, that same voice goes, what the hell's the matter with you? You drank. You're, you're weak. And while you already drank, you might as well drink now. If I had a friend that talked to me the way that voice in my head talks to me, they would not be my friend. I would never let them get close enough to me to tell me anything. Because even if they tell the truth half the time, that means half the time they're lying to me with an agenda. With the agenda of causing me to move in the direction that is away from evolution rather than toward evolution. And it's not because it's Satan and it wants me dead, though sometimes it feels like that. It's because it's at the effect of the ego 
And the ego is the expression of my animal nature, and my animal nature is all about survival. And survival means keep myself small. Don't let myself expand. Don't give myself freedom. Freedom isn't safe. Don't let them see who you are. That's not safe. Don't get involved in life. It's not safe. And it will give me all the reasons to resile from life, resign from my position as a thinking, feeling, doing human who has something to offer to the world. Not only that, and this is true for all of us, alcoholic or not, drug addicted or not, if I am falling into the illusion that I am my thinking mind and the stories it tells me about myself, my whole experience is self-centered which doesn't mean I'm selfish and I don't share my toys. It means that I see everything through the lens of self. And if you scowl when you walk in the room, it's not because you're having a bad day, it's because you don't like me. And if it rains when I was going to have a picnic, it's because God doesn't like me. And if it's uncomfortable to be in my body, it's because I'm a bad person and and God doesn't like me, I don't like me, and I need something to get out of this discomfort. But everything is seen through this lens of self, and when looked at through the lens of self, life is lived from the place of fear. Everything is about fear and avoiding fear, or getting enough to stand up against the fear. And if I stay in fear long enough, if I stay in anxiety and uh, discomfort long enough, a, a drink is the only answer, or at least it's a really good answer. And this is why the model of 12 steps works, because it takes us, it takes those who practice it in the direction of having a spiritual awakening, and instead of being self-centered, one becomes centered in the self. Centered in the self, I'm not looking at myself, I'm looking at the world. Centered in the self, I'm not looking to get fed by the world because I'm being fed by spirit. I am fulfillment itself. And filled up with that experience of centered in the self, the only option I have is to offer rather than to try to take. Twelve Steps is based in the idea of service become centered in the self, examine your life on a daily basis, and walk into every situation with the idea that you have something to offer, and that you may not know what that is, but that it's meant to be there. And then get really, really present, and really listen, and stop listening to the voice of the ego, or the intellect, or alcoholism, or whatever you want to call it. Don't listen to that to explain what is happening in front of you. It doesn't need explanation. It's the flow of consciousness toward itself. And it's flowing from me to you, and it's flowing from you to me. And it doesn't need to be thought about. It wants to be engaged in. And if I'm engaged in it from that center, I can't possibly screw it up. 
I will naturally follow the next most evolutionary step. I naturally will say the next most evolutionary word. I naturally will stop talking long enough to hear you without even thinking, oh, I should stop talking now. It just happens. Because we're allowing ourselves to be guided by a power, the power of consciousness, the power of unconditional love, we're allowing that to guide us rather than our small ideas of ourselves and, and, and of each other and our small ideas of life. And I practice all the time listening to the world rather than my thoughts about the world. I practice all the time listening to the people in my world rather than my thoughts about the people in my world. I practice all the time letting go of whatever ideas might arise in me as to what I think your ideas might be about me. My thoughts about your thoughts about me. That's what most people are thinking about most of the time. There's a, there's a saying that I take care of the thought and I let something greater than me take care of the obsession. So when I start thinking it's a good idea to have a cigarette or an affair or, or a drink or whatever else I, I can imagine making me feel better, I just say, oh, okay, here, God, you take that one. And then I say, what am I doing now? Oh, I'm walking, and there's my left foot, and there's my right one, and there's, oh, the wind is on my cheek, and the sun is in my eyes, and, and, and hi, hi, Bud Powell, how you doing? And I get here. Because right here doesn't need a drink. It doesn't need me to, you know, to, to find a way to be comfortable. What actually happens over the course of time for me is that I, I, get, I get really curious about what it feels like to be present in the world, even if it's uncomfortable, maybe especially if it's uncomfortable. That's the short answer. Did that help? Today I will find a way to be present in the world rather than my thoughts about the world. To be present in myself rather than the thoughts about myself. And I will listen for the subtle voice of guidance within that will show me the next right action the next right step to take and help me find the next opportunity to offer unconditional love to my world. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Embracing Bliss. I started this podcast and the book it's based on to offer a daily reminder to myself as well as to you that we have the freedom to choose happiness. And if ever we needed happiness and freedom to choose in this world, now would be that time. So please do share it with someone you love, send it to a friend, and also please stay in touch. 
links for Instagram, uh, the book Embracing Bliss, and to sign up for my newsletter can all be found in the show notes. Until next time, have a great day.